Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to McGuire Moments Podcast number four. I am Josh Antoon, Director of Risk Management. And I'm Christopher Shea, President and CEO. We've also got producer extraordinaire Nadine in the uh, in the room, and we have our special guest for today. Rose Teeny. I am the Director of the Intermediate Care Facility for Individuals with Intellectual Disabilities. Thank you, Rose. She'll be piping in if she wants throughout the episode, but then we'll get to her during our McGuire Neighborhood segment. All right. So first off, thank you, everyone that continues to listen to the McGuire Moments podcast. It means a lot to me and a lot to Chris, I'm sure. Uh, Spreading the mission of McGuire is something that is very important to us and knowing that everyone's listening to it is is, um, the purpose of this podcast. So thank you, everyone, once again. We've spoken before, Chris, about how we are trying to uh, improve and change the work environment, the atmosphere through Tom Speaks and Appreciology. Well, for those listeners out there, one event has come out of all of these meetings we've had with Tom and with the staff and the professional staff and the direct support professionals, everybody. And that is an event called Coffee with Chris and Company. And we will be doing this quarterly. And we had our first one this week. Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, we had our first one yesterday. I think it went exceptionally well. I was very pleased. We had some good coffee and some donuts and danishes and some other snacks of choice. But it was just nice to sit down and have some meaningful conversations with people that didn't necessarily have to be McGuire business conversations. I really had the opportunity to to speak with some staff and, and talk to them one-on-one and and find that uh, many of us have a lot uh, in common. And um, I'm looking forward to the to the next one. So we might have to tweak a few things. There was um, uh, a little bit of trouble with times and, and stuff, and we're not going to be able to get to everybody, but we will we will do our best to make ourselves available for, for that. So Yeah, and one thing I thought about with this is McGuire is a very large company that's spread out over uh, our main campus, our community homes, our day programs, all different shifts. So I think it's nice that you guys had many different times throughout the day in which to meet with the staff and get to know them and have that human connection that that we missed for three years. But now, and I hate to harp on it again, but those three years were something we all had to deal with. It was traumatic uh, dealing with the COVID pandemic. Yeah, and absolutely. Uh, one of the nice things was uh, some folks from the community homes stopped in after they got off their shift, after they were done, and uh, we sat down. And uh, this was the, the last session of the day in the afternoon, but it was nice that they were able to stop by and just take advantage of that. So, Well, if you need a barista, just call me. Actually, I've literally never made a cup of coffee in my entire life, so that could be hilarious. Me uh, with a steamer, I think they're called. I don't even know. So, no, but I just I do want to thank everybody that really did come and participate. So, um, yeah, it was a nice time. I look forward to the next one. All right, so next we're going to move to a little McGuire news, and Chris is going to give a little uh, little update on some stuff. So. There really is not a whole lot of McGuire news. Everything, uh, as far as McGuire is concerned in the state right now, uh, is at a point of status quo. But one of the, the biggest news pieces for me, one of the most exciting, is the upcoming Carnival slash Summerfest that is next Friday, 
August 25th. And um, we, we, we did some epic planning around that. And I'll just take this opportunity to talk about it. And then the next podcast, we can talk about everybody's experience after the fact but sounds great but we got carnival games coming i want to say that there's uh axe throwing not real axes they have uh velcro that they throw in sticks so that makes me feel better as director of risk management velcro axes are where it's at okay yeah i wanted to make sure to, that you knew that they were not real axes thank you so we have mechanical pig racing so they're like little wind-up pigs and they're in a slot and you bet on them and you see if your pig wins so uh, that sounds like fun <laughs> and does. then and then there's a, a carnival game called candy crush which is uh water guns that uh, shoot and you have to i don't know it, it looks really awesome on on the website display and i mean these are full size carnival what do you call like, them? like booths like stalls booths. That, yeah yeah, that yeah. Sounds, that sounds fantastic so we also have an extra large petting zoo uh, that's coming, and what I mean by extra large, you like, get like extra large ducks. They're going to be like the size of humans. No, you get extra large animals. Oh, like okay. Water buffaloes. Oh, and llamas and camels, and they're going to have little ones too, like ducks and goats and all those other things. But yeah, they're bringing some big animals. That's neat. We got two dunk tanks. Um, will I be taking a shift in that dunk tank this year? If you want, there's a lot of people stepping up and wanting to volunteer. As a matter of fact, Nicole Maeta, our director of health services, uh, she she volunteered. I believe enthusiastically volunteered. She did enthusiastically volunteer. And surprisingly, uh, Lynn Imhoff from PT also volunteered, or should I say Shannon volunteered for her because Shannon, one of our residents, really wants to dunk her in the worst way. So she she's going to be a good sport about it. And then obviously you and Dan, and I don't know if it's hot enough, I might jump in there. Nice. That sounds great. So uh, obviously we're going to have good picnic food, but the other thing is the dessert. We're going to have uh, Brewster's coming, and we're also having a Kona ice truck this year. Nice. That's going to be fun. And then the main event, I guess, what you could say is the uh, the foam cannon. So we're going to have a foam fest where they literally will blare 80s music and they will fill the back area up with foam. And everybody's going to run through the foam and have a good time. And they are bringing a shark mascot who's going to be chasing you through the foam. So. I've heard of this foam gun and cannon, and I am so intrigued by it. Can I play the shark for a little bit? Run around? And if I am, just to let everyone know that in my head, I will be humming the Jaws theme. So, Well, you might be able to because the company is supposed to provide us with a mascot. But if they cannot sequester a mascot, they will bring the costume and we'll have to supply our own. And I also found out that Dan has his own shark outfit as well. So maybe you guys can go in tandem. Why does that not surprise me? Dan Stadnick, if everyone remembers, he was part of our uh, second episode. He's the director of Community Homes, and he's quite the character. So that is par for the course that he has a shark costume. Yeah, it, it's hanging next to his COVID costume. So we'll have to check with Dan to see how how many other costumes he has in his wardrobe. But so, yeah, I'm sure I left something out because uh, there's just we like I said, we really took the time to do some very epic planning for this. It's going to be a good time. We have a cotton candy machine. We have popcorn, hamburgers, hot dogs, chicken, everything that you can imagine. So. 
Bingo is returning from what I hear. Bingo some, is some returning. Some nice prizes. Yep. And we also have DJ Ryder, who's going to be uh, doing some uh, music in between until we get to the foam. And, and again, this was provided to us from our dear friends and benefactors, Joe and Jeannie Hughes. And they just wanted to do something extraordinarily nice for all of our individuals and for all of our staff. So, you know, there's nothing that brings us together more than our individuals. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that sounds great. And, you know, uh, events like these just really bring people together. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. So, yeah, we'll keep you posted. But August 25th, and I think we're going from 10 to 5. Yep, so it's an all-day right. event. So if you're getting off work and you want to stop by, if you're off work and you want to stop by and you're on work, we're going to make arrangements for you to stop by. So everybody should be able to have a little bit of fun. Sounds next great, Friday. Chris. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you very much. All right, next we'll move to our shout-outs. So I've got a few, quite a few for uh, this month. So first we'll start with our Life Enrichment Adult Program, our LEAP program. Uh, One thing that they have going on in September, on the 22nd, they're having a one-man band come here to perform. He's performing for three hours from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Three hours. yeah, Yeah, I was shocked by that. And then I asked... Is this one man band like Bert from Mary Poppins? He's going to have a, you know, harmonica on a rack, a bass drum to his back, and they couldn't tell me. So I'll tell you what, one man, three hours, he's going to be tired. Yeah, yeah, I'll say. Um, so that's September 22nd. Uh, The Leap Museum is September 8th. That'll be at the main campus. We had some shout-outs from our ICF program. Jessica Stradi, some of the cues noted that she's just really great with the individuals, will pitch in and help out without complaint. Brenda Dillon from Housekeeping, willing to just keep everything tidy. She's positive and upbeat, personal with everybody, and goes above and beyond. Nicole Mayetta, a shout-out from the ICF that she has seamlessly moved into her Director of Health Services position and is very much invested with all our individuals. There are two staff, another shout out, there are two staff that have been working a lot of extra shifts here, uh, doing doubles, going on outings, which is something that's very important for our individuals. That is Lainey Wilcox and Tanya Phillips. So that's a couple shout outs. Rose, do you have any further shout outs you'd like to give to your program? Absolutely. I would like to add Brittany Reeder. Um, She is joining the residential manager team in the intermediate care facility, the ICF. Um, and she's going to be a great compliment. She already has some great ideas, and I feel like it's going to be a very smooth transition for her. Excellent. Thank you. So uh, next, I'm going to move to our community home program. I've got two shout-outs going on here. One is for Judy Lane, the unsung hero of the community homes program. She makes sure all the individuals get to their appointments on time. Uh, as Dan told me, she's the official rememberer of everyone's birthday, so that's fantastic. And he said that rumor has it she might be retiring soon, and she will definitely have earned this break with how hard she works with the community homes i I heard that rumor too and i just want to tell you that it's not true oh man she's not allowed Uh, (laughs) she is forbidden sorry judy sorry judy you're not allowed so that's why i'm squashing that rumor right now she's not retiring keep keep it going i'll let her know when she can (laughs) sounds great another shout out from the community homes that is the wish art staff Over the past several months, there have been a lot of challenges and changes that have happened at that house, and the staff have been very eager to jump in and meet these challenges and overcome them, meet them head on. The house, according to other staff, uh, 
is always decorated for all the seasons and they just make it a very festive environment for all the individuals that live there. So shout out to the Wishart staff. Yeah, and I just want to echo that. I, I just want to thank all of the staff that, you know, we might not get everybody uh, specifically by name, but I know all of you are going above and beyond and really doing the heavy lifting. And, um, you know, it, it really takes a village and I just want to thank everybody. Well said, well said. So um, just I'll add some uh, foundation uh, shout outs uh, here as well, because uh, the ladies at the foundation do a remarkable job. They basically make the impossible possible. We got a car cruise coming up. We got a clay shoot and a wine event. So actually that is all occurring this week um, as we're recording this podcast. And um, the clay shoot is Saturday. August 19th at the Lawrence County Sportsman's Association. And the McGuire Car Cruise is at Beaver uh, the very next day, August 20th. And then um, we got the wine event September 14th. And you were just, we were just talking earlier that the wine event is closing rapidly. There's not very many seats left. Yeah, I believe there's approximately 20 tickets left, and that's it. And that is at the Beaver Train Station? Beaver Train Station, yes. So... That's a shout out to the foundation and the foundation events that they have in the works. And, um, you know, those ladies never stop because once one ends, they're planning for the next one. And then after that ends, it's, you know, as spring, summer, winter, fall comes, so do the McGuire events. And that just carries us through the year and it goes by fast. It does. It does. Um, It just seems like yesterday we were at the wine event from last year. So it's coming up again, everybody. Do you think there's going to be an opportunity for them to show us their newly uncovered underground railroad? There was an underground railroad that was uncovered at the train station? Yes, it was. Oh, wow. That, I, I did I, not I hope, hear this. I hope that's part of their like their new uh, presentations and exhibitions. Yeah, I saw it recently. It was uncovered when they were doing some... Uh, construction some piping wow that's really interesting that's cool you know when you really think about it we take for granted that the town that we live in in this area that we live in is just so deep and rich in history you know if you dig into the historical books george washington rode down the beaver river back before america was america you know what i mean like yeah so and and i believe this area correct me if i'm wrong is very um uh, there, there's a huge history with with the underground railroad in general like all through new brighton and beaver so if anyone is interested like definitely check that out on the internet uh, the interwebs and uh, there's a lot of historical moments and events that occurred here and in i the think beaver in, county area yeah and i think in the beaver park there's actually and they have monuments but there's actually foundation of a of a revolutionary fort or something like that that was uh the remnants of it in in the, in the park so i'm not an expert on it it's just you know i i do like hearing this stuff because i think it's fascinating and neat yeah definitely All right, next we're going to move to our McGuire Neighborhood segment where the hot seat has Rose Teeny in it. So, Rose, you mentioned earlier that you're the director of, of uh, residential services of the ICF program. Do you want to go into a little bit more detail about the ICF program in general? Um, yes, the intermediate care facility. We currently have 55 beds. We're supporting 53 of our residents. McGuire is very unique with the population that we support. So we are actually the only agency in Western Pennsylvania that will support an individual that has intellectual disabilities in adulthood that also have tracheotomy and are 
uh, ventilator dependent. It's it's very complex um, to deal with their multi needs. Um, and like I said, like McGuire Memorial recently, not too long ago, it's been about a couple of years now that the office of developmental programming actually contacted McGuire for a resident that lived in Philadelphia. The, that particular individual, he was aging out of his, uh, home and they could not support him appropriately in adulthood. And he went through a five hour transition from Philadelphia area to McGuire Memorial. And I made him one promise. When he got here. What was that? We will not make him a Steeler fan because he is an Eagles fan. And I won't blame anyone in particular, but someone did buy him Steeler gear for uh, for Christmas, but it's okay. <laughs> it's yeah, okay. yeah. And then, like, our staff do a phenomenal job. We have 24-hour uh, respiratory care and nursing care, which is something that is a very integral part of what we do here at McGuire. Excellent. Thank you, Rose. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about... Rose Teeny herself. So how did you get started at McGuire? Um, I actually came to McGuire uh, in August of 2003. And um, I worked for a different facility and, believe it or not, a friend of mine who is now currently the assistant director of the community homes, Marsha Estemeyer. Thank you, Marsha. Uh, actually gave me a phone call and said that they were looking for a program specialist house manager for the community home program. And I came in and interviewed with uh, Lori Shea at the time, and that started my career at McGuire. Excellent. So you've been there since for 20 years. This is your 20-year anniversary. It is my 20 years. Ooh, man. Time um, flies when you're having fun. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so one thing I like to ask a lot of the guests that come in, because um, working with our individuals is so special, and there's so many great memories. So what is your favorite memory from your 20 years? And I know that was probably a very, very difficult question to answer. Josh, you are right. After being here for 20 years, it is very difficult to uh, pick one McGuire memory. So um, one of my situations when I worked for the community homes is I took two of our gentlemen to Disney. Um, so it was a very exciting trip. Um, you think you have everything planned out, but as our support staff that do such a wonderful job here know that just because you have it planned out doesn't mean it always goes as planned. So, but we did get them there and they did get to enjoy their trip. But being in the ICF, I have to say that another fond memory that I will always have is actually accepting my position, uh, my new position here as the director of the ICF ID, because um, it was something I was very leery in doing. A little like me doing this podcast today. I'm just going to put that out there. But I honestly, for the first 90 days in my position, I spent a lot of time down in the program center. And I have to tell you that I learned a lot about our individuals that we currently support here at the ICF through our wonderful direct support professionals. It was them that I just sat there and observed and having conversations with them um, and that it is a lot of, you know, with uh, starting the Chris and company and something through the ICF as well that we're really trying to get back to is, you know, being out there and listening to um, our direct support professionals as well as our other support staff, because they're the ones that are truly the eyes and ears of this facility and really can give us what we need uh, for guidance on, on how to do things differently and you know, better for our individuals as well as them. Well, despite your apprehension, I can tell you that you're doing a 
great job as the director of the ICF, and you're doing a great job with this podcast. So we told you there was nothing to worry about. All right. I'll try to believe you on the first, and uh, we'll see about the second. Excellent. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with the ICF that you have going? Do you guys have anything going on in the near future? Anything like that before we close out the interview? Well, we do have a lot going on in the ICF. It's kind of hard to wrap it up all in this one podcast. Like right now, we have a, an outreach that's going on for school supplies uh, before the beginning of school year. The school year um, that will help support our local community, New Brighton, as well as uh, one of our sister ministries, which is Mooncrest, that is located over in. A moon Township in Coriopolis um, that has a school program and an after-school program. We are also, uh, again, uh, with the staff development and training that's occurring on all levels, um, and through grant funding as well, we are able to secure um, the impact group was the first group that we had started with, but uh, more leadership training for our professional staff that manage other and supervise others. You know, a lot of times, as long as we've been in this field, you're put into a supervisory or leadership role. Um, and in this field in particular, there's really not a lot of training um, that focuses on the population we serve and the, what our staff needs are. And I feel nowadays there's more training coming out along those lines. And just in general, sometimes um, across all fields, I feel like if you're thrown into a supervisor or managerial position, it's sometimes trial by fire. So I think setting up these new frontline supervisors for successes is key to a successful program. Yes, it, it always focuses, the training focuses on what you need to do and not necessarily how you truly go about doing it. Um, and I feel with the impact group and then a training that we just went through was called Serving Leadership. And I really enjoyed that program in particular. And so did the, per the Qualified Intellectual Disability Professionals, QID piece, as well as the residential managers enjoyed it because it really brings everything back to the core values of the agency. And it's actually more of a cohort where you learn from other leaders and develop your skills and around your own mission and vision. Excellent. That sounds great, Rose. Thank you. Yeah, it's great stuff. Now we're going to move to the new segment from last month, uh, the Name That Tune segment. Before we get started, I just want to give a shout out to Nancy Taylor, who was the winner of last month's um, uh, Name That Tune section, and it was... It was Ape Man by The Kinks, 1986 movie Club Paradise with Robin Williams, Eugene Levy, and Rick Moranis. So one of my personal faves, but Nancy Taylor was the first one to get it in. She got it done. She was. And we're going to do the name that tune a little bit different. It'll be the same setup, but last month we uh, the winner was the first person. We got so many answers that this month, once they're all in after the first couple weeks of the podcast dropping, we will just put all the names in a hat and pull. Yes. So. so this time, all the correct submissions will be put in for a name to be drawn. Because, yeah, we, we said the first one to get it in, but we also realized that by the time people may have listened to the podcast, they didn't get that opportunity. So, yeah. um, so this time... You just get in, but you have to have the band, the song, and the 80s movie. Same thing. And then if you're correct, we'll put you in a hat or a tumbler. I don't know if we can get one of those bingo things, and then we'll draw a winner. There so. we go. All right. So now uh, we will play the song for this month's Name That Tune. That's right. 
Okay, there you have it. That's this podcast, Name That Tune. Band, so, song, and 80s movie. One thing this podcast is doing for me, I've always thought I was someone who could uh, knew a lot about pop culture, pop culture trivia, both last month's song and this month's song. I have no idea. Chris, these are great. These are good because I like to be challenged for trivia. I'm pulling these out of my chest. <laughs> I like it. All right, so let's uh, we'll just go right into uh, closing and uh, wrap up this episode, which I think was a fantastic episode. Thank you, Rose, for being here with us today. And um, you know, just because we continue to highlight McGuire's programs, and we had Rose with us here today, and we highlighted the intermediate care facility, I have to tell everybody that I, I think I, I I don't think I know that I received the greatest compliment that McGuire could have received. And as everybody knows, uh, from the last time we talked about the Provider Alliance, which I now sit on the board, and the Provider Alliance is our Western Pennsylvania advocacy group, and they just had a Provider Alliance conference, okay, where a lot of the Western Pennsylvania providers came together, and it was a day that we heard from representatives from the Office of Developmental Programs and had a lot of Q&A, and it, it was a good day. But uh, a gentleman came up to me, a colleague that I've had the uh, pleasure of working in a, in a couple arenas with, uh, said, I want to talk to you. I just want you to know, I want you to know this because it's important. And I said, okay. And, and I don't want to say any names because I didn't talk to them about this. And I have to be careful because it also involves a relatively high respected state person and, you know. Yeah. They'll deny. They will not confirm or deny. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, he said, I just want you to know, he said, I have a brother with disabilities and he was losing his service and, and, and he lived in another state. And he said, I, I was going to have to bring him back to Pennsylvania. Now, this gentleman that's telling me this, um, actually, I, I, w- I will say he is pristine in the disabilities field. He was on the president's committee under the Clinton administration, and uh, he, he, he knows his stuff. He was talking to one of the uh, officials at the Office of Developmental Programs and said, what are, what are the options here for my brother? Because he lives in, I think it was Iowa or Kansas, somewhere like that. And uh, I want to bring him back to Pennsylvania because he's losing his services. And they told him that the only thing he would be eligible for would be ICF ID level of care. And he wouldn't qualify for any waiver because he wasn't a resident of Pennsylvania. And he said, well, well, what are my options then? And he, he just wanted me to know that he was given a very, very short list and was told that this very short list was ranked in the in order of what they believed to be the best, and McGuire Memorial was number one on that list. So to me, that that was the the greatest compliment that I could receive. That somebody other than you know we know what we do, but right. across the state of Pennsylvania looks at McGuire Memorial as one of the number one private ICF IDs in the Commonwealth. And that was just a real testament of everything that, Rose, you do and and all of our staff uh, here at the main site. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, anyone who has, has any affiliation with McGuire who, who, or who has ever worked with McGuire, I hope something like that makes their heart full to hear something like that. 
Yeah. Um, I just wanted to share that because, like I said, it's important for people to know that. And um, that's pretty much it. So I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for uh, continuing to to share and promote this podcast. And um, now I think... We just looked, we're up to seven listeners in Germany. I think that's what it was, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we said, email Josh. If you continue to listen to this, we'd love to know how you heard about us. Yeah, but, yeah. That's at jantoon, A-N-T-O-O-N, at mcguirememorial.org. All right. Well, as we always do, I just want to close this segment with, uh, with a brief prayer. And um, I just want to thank you, Lord Father. Thank you for continuing to watch over us and bless us. And thank you for all of our dedicated staff who who truly are taking care of your most vulnerable entrusted treasures the children and adults of McGuire Memorial they are instruments of your will carrying out your love and compassion on a daily basis and i just want to thank you for all the opportunities i want you to please continue to watch over us and bless us and um, give us the guidance and the continued direction and allow us to continue to really serve uh, where there is an apparent need. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 See you next time. Amen.